0: Welcome to Kropalu Perspectives, enlightening interviews with leading teachers, authors, and thinkers associated with Kropalu Center for Yoga and Health, located in Stockbridge, Massachusetts. I'm Portland Helmick, your host, and today I'm talking to Dr. Bessel van der Kolk, a clinical psychiatrist whose work integrates the mind, brain, body, and social connections to understand and treat trauma. His research ranges from the impact of trauma on development and brain imaging to the use of yoga, neurofeedback, EMDR, and theater for the treatment of post-traumatic stress disorder. Dr. Vanderkoek is a professor of psychiatry at Boston University School of Medicine and medical director of the Trauma Center in Boston. He's the author of more than 150 peer reviewed articles and several books, including the New York Times bestseller, The Body Keeps the Score Mind, Brain, and Body in the Healing of Trauma. Thanks so much for being here, Dr. Vanderkoek. My pleasure. I interviewed you about 10 years ago on television, and it's a pleasure to be able to talk to you again. So overcoming trauma, that is your special area of expertise. And before we talk about ways to overcome it, I'm wondering if you can just start by defining what trauma
1: is. Trauma is an experience that causes the mind and brain to get stuck and not to be able to move on. So it's not really the event out there, but it's the reaction to the event that causes you to relive it, replay it, and experience all kind of other things as if you're under the same threat right now.
0: Now, many of us think of trauma as something that's located in the mind, but you're one of the people out there who's saying that it's also located in the body. Is that always the case?
1: Well, mind, body, and brain are all one big interconnected constellation, so you cannot really separate all of them.
0: That's a really good point. So then how does it manifest in the body, though? If we say that trauma is located in the body, what does that mean? It's located where?
1: It's experienced in your gut and in your chest in terms of heartbreaking and gut-wrenching sensations. Something first pointed out by Charles Darwin, by the way, in 1872. And anybody who has ever been upset knows that that's the case. You don't experience upsetness in your mind. You experience it as a deep, visceral experience.
0: Yes. So then some of the common symptoms of trauma are what?
1: Feeling uptight Feeling frightened, feeling unable to focus on what's happening right now, being unable to relax, becoming engaged, reacting as if you're under threat, being reactive to your environment or being shut down.
0: That's a good point. Being reactive or overly reactive or feeling threatened when maybe there isn't a threat present. Right. Right. So given that you're certain that trauma is a mind, brain, and body experience, do you feel that something like talk therapy is limited in its ability to treat it?
1: Talk therapy is very important in order to allow yourself to know what you feel. Trauma oftentimes has to do with secrecy. Something has happened that you feel ashamed of that you blame yourself for, and you try to sort of push it away. And so telling the truth and finding words for your internal truth is terribly important. But understanding where things come from doesn't make it go away.
0: Is it true, though, that when people are very traumatized, sometimes, I think I've read this, that sometimes the language centers of the brain shut down when you're traumatized?
1: And that's what our research shows. We have we put people in the scanner and have them re-experience their trauma. And a very striking finding was that the language center of the brain basically disappears. Uh, You know, it's interesting how we need to have these brain scans in order to validate something that we know already. Like Shakespeare, who knew everything, talks about speechless terror and being dumbfounded. And so our language knows very well that people lose that capacity to talk when you are in an extreme state of agitation. So, that's
0: obviously one reason you're an advocate of various body centered approaches, and I want to talk about some of them here. You've actually done research into the efficacy of yoga in trauma treatment. Can you talk about that?
1: We got into yoga because we discovered that there is something physiological in the brainstem area that becomes abnormal in PTSD. It's called abnormal heart rate variability. And so, we started to think about how you can change heart rate variability. And so we decided to actually look if yoga can do that. And indeed, yoga did. But then, as we were doing our yoga, we became aware of a much deeper dimension of what yoga can do. Namely, that if you feel chronically heartbroken and gut wrenched, you try to disconnect your body from your experience. And so, traumatized people tend to become very disembodied and have a very hostile relationship to their physical sensations. And that opened up a whole dimension of experience of trauma, is an alienation from your internal experience. And it increasingly became clear to me that people in India over many centuries must have developed yoga as a way of dealing with trauma. And I funded us to do a yoga study for PTSD, and yoga was very helpful, and in fact more helpful than any drug that had ever been studied for PTSD.
0: That's remarkable.
1: Yeah, it's remarkable, but of course it didn't make any difference.
0: What do you mean by that?
1: Most hospitals didn't immediately start ah. doing yoga centers, <laughs> psychopharmacologists, and they refer their patients to a yoga teacher. Yeah, surprise, surprise. The culture is still, oh, if you feel bad, you must pop something into your mouth to make it go away. And so the culture is not really quite there yet to realize that we have inbuilt self-regulatory systems that we can activate at will.
0: So you've also done a tremendous amount of research into EMDR, which stands for eye movement, desensitization, and reprocessing. Can you talk about how EMDR works and why it's helpful in trauma treatment?
1: Well, first of all, the important point is that it's helpful. Uh, When people ask me, well, why do you think it's helpful? I say, yeah, good question. Let's talk about why my talking be helpful. And nobody has ever really figured out why talking is helpful. And then you go like, oh, why is Prozac helpful? Well, you basically don't know how anything works. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but first of all, almost as much as anything else I've seen, EMDR in 80% of people who were adults when they were the first traumatized would say, it's over. I'm alive now. It was a very bad experience, but I'm really grateful to be here right now, and it's no longer running me.
0: Can you talk about how EMDR, what it is for people who aren't that familiar with it, just briefly?
1: What you do is you ask people to evoke a particular memory that you're stuck on, that continues to bug you. Evoke it in your mind. Evoke what you saw, heard, smelled, thought back then, but you don't ask people to talk about it. You ask people to just hold those things in mind. And then you set up a process where you ask people to move their eyes from side to side or tap different parts of their body. You set up some sort of bilateral attentional system in the brain, and that, of course, Is the interesting thing is, why does this bilateral stuff change things? And what our research shows is that these past experiences, instead of haunting people, they become a memory of the past. And so instead of people intensely emotionally reliving these things, you go like, yeah, that's what happened to me a long time ago. It really sucked. But today is... Right, it removes the charge. No, it does more than that. What we showed is that when you traumatized, the images, the thoughts, the sensations continue to be relived as if it's happening right now. And what EMDR does is integrates the memories and they become stories about something that happened a long time ago but are not being lived right now.
0: I mentioned when I introduced you that you also have done research, and I know you're doing research now, into neurofeedback. And I think that's something that a lot of people aren't familiar with. Can you talk about what that is and how it works?
1: Yeah, neurofeedback is a technique by which people can play computer games with their own brain waves. We are able to harvest, in a very sophisticated way, people's brain waves from their skull by putting electrodes on people's skulls and project their brain waves on a computer screen Then we can play with the brainwaves and help people to activate new patterns of communication between different parts of their brain. We can really help people to regulate their own brainwaves and learn how to become calm and focused and to stay attentive to what's going on.
0: And the final one that I mentioned when I was introducing you is theater. So theater and other creative pursuits like writing or music can help people overcome trauma. How is that?
1: Well, they all do different things. What theater can do is that we tend to get very fixed on the role that we play in life. so I see a lot of people, we do a workshop and ask people, so tell me something that you really want people to know about you. And people will say, I'm an incident victim or I'm a war veteran. I say, okay, so what else are you? And they can't think of anything else that they are. So people get very locked in a particular role of, I'm a helpless person, or I'm an angry person. And what theater can do is it can help people to play a role where they can visually feel what it feels on a very fundamental level to be another person than the person who the trauma has caused them to be. And so some of my favorite programs are things like the program at the Berkshires here called Shakespeare at the Courts, where they take a bunch of juvenile delinquents who nobody's ever treated very well and who terrible things to other people, and they get to play a role in Julius Caesar. And suddenly they are a general, or they are the wife of Brutus. Mm -hmm. Um, And they feel what it feels like to be a person other than the person who you habitually are in most situations.
0: That's fascinating. It's fantastic. Yeah, it really is. Are some of these methods theater, yoga, EMDR, neurofeedback, are some more effective for certain kinds of people or certain kinds of trauma than others?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So when you're dealing with a particular event, let's say a car accident or an assault, EMDR is fantastically effective. If you have been chronically abused as a kid, it's not about an event, it's about your identity. It's about who you feel you are. I'm a terrible person. I'm a horrendous person because otherwise this wouldn't have happened to me. EMDR is not particularly good for that. In order to deal with these deeper feelings of identity, there's other things you can do. Your know, feedback over them is very helpful. But you also need some psychological treatment where you really get to appreciate what's going on deep inside of you.
0: If someone is listening to this interview, Dr. van der Kolk, and they want just some simple tips on how to address trauma before exploring a particular technique or therapy, do you have any suggestions?
1: Well, the issue is you have to be curious about yourself. And so when you're traumatized, you tend to feel ashamed about the way you feel. you beat up on yourself. I shouldn't feel this way and get over it and don't whine. But instead, you need to become mindfully observant of yourself without judgment the thing that changes people is compassionate self-observation and so being able to note it goes on with yourself and like a good parent go like huh what do you think is going on here why do i feel this way so the most important thing is to just observe yourself
0: i want to thank you so much for talking to me i think your work is fascinating good yeah if you'd like more information about Dr. Bessel van der Kolk's work or workshops, you can go to Bessel van der That's BesselVanderKolk.com. That's besselvanderkol dot com. I'm Portland Helmick. Thank you so much for listening to Kropalu Perspectives. Kropalu Perspectives is a production of Kropalu Center for Yoga and Health, the nation's leading retreat center for yoga and holistic living, offering workshops, trainings, and retreats in Western Massachusetts. Visit us online at kropalu.org. That's K R I P A L U.org.